What's up, guys? This is uh, this was a long episode, guys. This went over three hours long. Do not let that scare you, though. This was, that's what podcasts are about, right? Like we do this for three hour long conversations. Like if you did it for three hours, you know you're having a good time, and time is flying by. I hope you guys like this. Don't let the length of this uh, scare you at all. I had to cut it up in two different parts to upload it uh, as a part A and part B on these episodes because it was just too big for my uh, the way that I upload my podcast. Uh, it was just it was too big. So I had to uh, make it into two parts. And uh, I hope you guys really like this podcast. This was a lot of fun. This was a professional poker stream. Ah, I'm not going to exp- you guys listen to it. Love it. Uh, also, a good time for me to kind of say the uh, the singer, the creator of my intro song. She can be found on Twitch. Her name is Resurrection Fern. Here we go. Welcome. Welcome to the Antarctic. This is another episode of Neander Talk Podcast. I am so thrilled to have my guest, Bet on Drew. Drew, my man, thank you so much. We were talking before the start. Here he is. I can't tell you guys how much this podcast means to me that he's coming on and taking the time to be here with me. Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. This is fun. This is exciting. This is... Uh, so a, a lot of people are, that are going to watch this podcast or listen to it, um, you can watch it on YouTube. You can get this episode on all your podcast apps. I think we're going to have a lot of your fans on here. Um, I think so, for sure. You know, but we're also going to have a lot of the people. Like I have a very interesting group of people that watch my podcast. It's um, Since I've had so many different topics, I've had a, a CBD expert on. I've had a flat earther on. I had another Twitch guy, TSB, who you know. Yep. Um, I've had a bow hunter on. Just I've had a crazy. Per- I've had all kinds of people, so I've got a different audience than you might have. That's cool. So I just kind of want to get some of the basic stuff out of the way. Kind of introduce you. Let you let you kind of explain who you are. I I don't know. I'm excited about this. I want people to know who you are because you're just you're an awesome person. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so. This is Drew. He is a poker st- poker. Prof- are you a professional poker player? Man, I don't know. That's if you asked me that question a year ago, I might have said yes. Six months ago, I would maybe say no, and now I would definitely say no. Okay, were you a professional? So you were a professional poker yes. player. Yeah, yeah. For how long? For eight eight years. Eight nine. No, yeah, eight years it was. How old are you? 34. You look so much younger. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, you really take care right. of yourself. You sit on my chair. <laughs> <laughs> it must be uh, all that Chinese foods keeping you young looking. I'm telling you, there's something to it. There's something to it. Uh, so eight years, you're 34. Okay. How did you, uh, eight years ago, when was Black Friday? How many years ago was Black Friday? It was, um, let me see. About eight years ago? Yeah, yeah, roughly. And actually, I think it was uh, six years ago. I think okay. it was. Yeah, because Good. I was in like 
two years into my two three years into mine when Black Friday happened. Okay, how did how did you begin your poker career? It's like the actual what I consider the actual start of it was uh, the summer of 2010 when I decided to quit my job as a healthcare recruiter for a uh, home healthcare agency. The name was Maxim Healthcare. Uh, and oh, man, I'm telling you, I just like work in jobs between high school and college. Like I just, I don't know how else to say it except like I just really disliked working for people, especially when like I just wanted more and you just kind of get to that point where you feel like you hit a ceiling all the time. And I don't know, like I just was like, okay, I'm going to do this poker thing. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to not have to work for anyone again. Right. What, at what point were you like, I'm good enough? Like, did you say I am good enough? I can do this. Or was it I'm smart enough? I'm going to learn how, how to do it and how to make this work. You know, my approach and my like commitment was a little different. You know, it was more so. So I like had tried to do it full time. I had like not had a job and I was like, oh, me and my buddy were like, oh, I'm going to play online poker and everything's going to be fine. And it wasn't, you know, we would do nothing. We would play after poker. We would play video games all night, never study, get up the next day and be like, okay, today's the day I'm going to run good. It was so sad. But so that was my first attempt and it didn't work out. This was all online, right? All online. Yep. Poker stars or something. It was actually Bodog. I loved Bodog. I loved Bodog. Yep, yep. That was yeah. exciting. Really yep. good feelings over that one. Uh, but the when I, I actually, like, eight years ago, it wasn't more so like, I'm going to do this, do this to make it. It was more so I took the mindset of, I need to know if this can happen. And I'm going to do, I'm going to leave it all on the floor this time so that I have no regrets. That way, if it's not meant to be, I was like, at the time, I have no kids. I'm not married. I, I have nothing to lose. It, it, and the only thing that I was leaving out on the table was the thought of would I have made it? You get what I'm saying? And that right. was all that drove me and motivated me. What kind of bankroll did you start with? Like, were you like a few hundred dollars or did you like, I mean, what, what was your starting bankroll? Like to say, okay, I'm going to actually chase this dream. Like, what do you start with? How much money? I had a 5K in my roll at the time and i had maybe maybe like two three k real life money and and at the time my girlfriend at the time was when i had made this decision like that's how much money and she was actually away on training she didn't have a job for a minute and she just got a job right so i was like um Okay, you know, maybe there's a little bit of security there. And I was like really confident in myself at the time. And honestly, I was just so driven by the thought of not having regret over knowing that I gave it my everything. Did you have like some good scores and like that was giving you the confidence to do this? I mean, you didn't just say, hey, I've got five grand. I'm going to be a poker player. Like something said, hey, I mean, I imagine you had some good scores or something that said, I think I can do this. Like Mm -hmm. I, I was having like it wasn't uncommon on the carbon poker streets those days uh if you were playing like the 82 dollar rebuy or the 33 dollar rebuy there was the schedule was much different it had rebuys and it had some regs it was like wasn't too hard to like get like a 2k score you know what i mean at times so 
uh, I had that confidence that I was going to be able to just continue to be profitable. Okay. And like I said, I just hit a, I had a $2,500 score or something. It was like two, two, two point five K like two nights before and work had kind of like started to push me to a point of like, you know, that point where you're just like not into it anymore. Like, <laughs> like we all do. Right. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Like that, that point leading up to it. And then I had this score. So I had like extra money. I was thinking about it. And then I went into work the one day and just, you know, that one thing we need to happen happened. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And it was yeah. like, that's it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm all in like, see ya. And then I just had the score a couple nights ago. So that was like a little bit of cushion, you know, right. kind of just enough to be like, I'm just done with this. I'm not happy. That's awesome. That's amazing. So after that first leap, like you quit, you just said, Hey boss, I quit or here's my two weeks. What did you do? No, honestly, I, I was just past the point of two weeks, right? So, um, and they kind of knew it. It was, you know, so that was it. I, I just called. I spoke to, so the, the one main store manager, branch manager wasn't there because he wasn't a lot. And so, you know, I told the second in charge, hey, you know, I'm not that. Typed up an email and just said my thoughts. And, and dipped out. It. That was it. The beginning of a beautiful, beautiful journey. <laughs> I know, right? right? <laughs> okay, so, so you did that. And then the realization hits, oh my gosh, I don't have this job to fall back on. It's time to grind. It's time to actually do this. And this is before this was before you were streaming. This was just you in front of a computer all by yourself, I assume. Like you a kid in a dream, right? That's it. That's all it was. No HUD, no no poker circle, nothing. Just me and the computer and a girlfriend and a puppy. What was that like after like maybe the first couple? It actually, as soon as it was like, oh, my gosh, this is real. Like the first time you realized, oh, my gosh, I don't have the security blanket to fall back on this job. This is it. This really it. I really have to do this. I'm ready to go. What when you when that realization actually hit? Because I'm sure you had that moment. Like holy, holy crap! I'm making a run, being a professional poker player. Like, what was that like? Was it scary? Like, did can you remember? Does that time come back to your come back to you? And you have any like? Can you speak on that at all? I felt like confidence is huge you know what i mean like i had gotten lucky enough to have a a lot of confidence and i tried not to think about it because for a little bit so i was working my job and i was very steadily every month getting a check from carbon poker for like two three hundred bucks you know, like just from play. playing or from like rake back or what? No, just from playing. Like I would wow. go to work, I would come home and then I would grind and I would play. The, the toughest thing for me before I started to make money consistently was being spewy. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. really just like actually kind of playing tight and then kind of late game seizing the moment in some situations like that was my go to strategy. And I think it takes a lot of patience, right, to right, do yeah. that. But so I was confident that if I was patient and 
just that, that I would at least make two, 300 bucks a month. You see what I mean? Which wouldn't be enough to pay bills. But, uh, two or $300 a month. That was like your, <laughs> it, that was only confidence. That was, I had two, 300 bucks. of confidence. <laughs> that was it. Woo. But when it's so like, I honestly, all I can say is I got lucky because I think that's a big part of poker is sometimes like you sometimes just really have to get lucky sometimes for like something like this to play out for me to make it eight years in this business. And the very first year was consistently good that I really didn't get approached with that thought until the end of the year. Um, when I went on a, like my very first big downswing, which was like 3K. Ooh. That's when I actually had that first moment. But for the whole year, it felt like um, it never hit me, you know, because it was always good. But then I went on my first downswing as a full time committed player who's consistently going. And that's when I thought about it. Then I immediately just like so I like I still had money in my role. I had 2K, which at that time I had a gauge of like where I knew my bankroll was at and I knew like I'd be all right. But I immediately like went knit mode with my bankroll. And that was the moment where I was like, I need help. And I reached out for coaching. Nice. I, I, so that was my response to getting scared. I, I think now walking through it is I reached out for help. Where did you get your help? I went to, I found a, and it was crazy when I first found out that there was poker coaching. I was like, what? It was, it was so weird. I was like, oh, this is neat. And so I ended up on a website. It was teammoshman.com. Do you know who Colin Moshman is? Nope. He wrote a couple of books there in Barnes and Noble. There are two plus two publications uh, about I Satan Ghost. I, I, was, uh, I, I, I was a big uh, Dan Harrington on Hold'em. Mm -hmm. I bought both of his books. I was a big fan of he was that was a two plus two publication. Yep, yep. So he he was in there. He wrote a couple of sit and go books. And um when ACR actually released the sit and go two point oh, him and his wife wrote a little strategy book and Oh they that's right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um it was his website that um I stumbled on and I reached out for coaching and I was like, Hey, you know, I need help, XYZ, here's my information. And <laughs> this is really funny. They responded to me that uh, we don't know if we can help you, but would you like to be a coach for us? When I reached oh, out for really? when I reached out for coaching, that's what they told me. How did they know about you? How did they come up with that assumption of you? My my shark scope from Carbon Poker. Okay, so Shark Scope is a website that kind of tells if you type in somebody's screen name from a poker site. It brings up what their kind of statistics are, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just for the non-poker. I know sometimes when you talk poker to people, it's a lot of inside baseball. Some people don't fully understand. So I try to kind of. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so on the shark scope, then basically what they had caught was it'll show you a, a line graph, you know, like depending on you know over time here and then your graph you know ideally you want it to keep going up like this Correct. and mine had some you know nice ticks and it went up so uh they probably that's kind of the only thing because i hadn't played poker long up to that point so it was solely based on that at the time and they maybe needed a, a coach and they're like oh what let's see what he says that's nice so instead of getting coached you started coaching them is that what happened yeah but it but it kind of 
functioned the same in a sense because I knew I needed help. I just didn't know how to get help. So I reached out to somebody, but then through like when they asked me and I was like, okay, like what do I get? They told me, but through that, I was like, wow, if I'm going to coach people, I need to work and figure it out myself now, you know? And it forced me to start like reading strategy on the internet, like reading all these articles, finding forums, uh, watching videos, anything I could get my hand on. I was like, I don't want to like feel bad because I'm not studied or rehearsed for a student and then they pay me money and I give them nothing, you know, like that stressed me out. So I did something about it. Was this, uh, so the coaching that you started, well, first of all, they do say a, a really good way to learn is to actually coach. If you already know something and you're, and you're teaching something that has no idea how to do whatever subject you're teaching, they say that's a wonderful way to learn, to try and learn is because you just think about it different and you're getting the input of a brand new person and you're trying to rework something to teach. I don't know. It just, it makes sense to me to how that would help you out as a coach to learn as well. 100%. I totally agree. And I would have said the same thing. I've actually one dull geek. I've told him that he should do coaching because it'll force him into a different point of view. You know, like it like it did me and I've encouraged him to do it. I think he's gotten close, but I don't think he's done it yet. But I totally agree with you. I think it's a, a great way to force yourself out of your comfort zone. Wendell Geek is uh, I've been watching him grow. I was there from the very beginning. Uh, he's a he's a poker streamer as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been watching him since the beginning. And it, it's amazing to see how far he's come along since when he's first started, uh, both as a streamer and as a player. Um, so one doll geek, if you are out there listening or watching this and you want to try your hand at coaching, uh, hit me up, baby. I'm delivering pizzas as my second job right now. I'd gladly throw that aside to make a couple uh, extra bucks on the ACR. One doll geek, hit me up, bro. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, so do you remember like your, when you first started coaching, like who, how did, what kind of level person was coming to you was it the guy like playing one and two dollar tournaments or the hundred dollar tournaments like who was first coming to you like how did that because to me it seems like this is really the kind of when you first started doing this this was kind of like i don't know the early days of all this right like was there much coaching around before that like that it was still i feel like pretty new at that right. point kind of in its infancy now there's all kinds of sites and twitch and all kinds of new stuff but Mm -hmm. So you were kind of in the infancy of it. That's pretty cool. What was like the early days? Like who was coming to you and how are they finding out about you? And So through the website, the teammoshman.com, people would, uh, you know, they advertise, you know, their business and everything. And they would, the coaching I was on, I would get X amount of their profits, right? Okay. For, for whatever, you know, I coaching, like I would be assigned a student and uh given time or what however they paid for it and but we it would be percent of profit coaching okay so uh that's how it started and so they would get traffic and then they would delegate and my very first student was a guy from denmark or slovakia something like that 
Something and, like that's quite the difference. I'm no geography. Geography. I'm, I'm, ter- I'm terrible with it. I'm terrible with it. It was, it was some European country that was smaller, right? Right. And there was a language barrier. I was like, I it, imagine it, so. I was like, it would figure my very first session where I'm already uncomfortable because I wanted coaching. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. now here, here I am, and there's a language barrier and. It, it actually played in my favor, I think, because I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? Right. It was my very first one. I could feel, even in our conversation, even though there was a, a barrier, like I didn't know how to communicate my thoughts to him. So right. it was kind of like nice for me in a certain sense because the language barrier was there. So it wasn't like I looked like a complete idiot. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. If it was like a, an American or a Canadian, that guy would be like, this guy does not know how to articulate anything. What is going on here? This guy's obviously new. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, how did, uh, your first student tank, like, did you have like a certain, did you have like an emotional investment? Like this is my first student. I like, have you followed the deck? Did you follow his career? for a little bit after that to kind of see if for it sure. helped? Yeah, I, I definitely did. And we and we were in touch. And he is a winning player. He, he's a winning player. And he, Today, still? I haven't heard from him in a little while, but I actually have heard from him like years down the line. Nice. Right. And he's like, we're very like positive energy. How you been? And stuff like that. And little, little talk. And I actually think I've seen him on ACR too you know he's he's into the online grind and stuff and he and he's a good player and he's solid but uh i feel like as far as the value he got from me i feel like it was not as much as i could have given but i think he did a lot with it so so that that's the guy that were coming to you for coaching in the beginning what kind of players like what kind of level players were like what kind of tournaments or games were they playing typically they were playing uh, mid to low stakes. Okay. Mid to low stakes being like five to $10 50, or something or yeah, below 20 bucks. Okay. Per yeah. tournament. Yeah. 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 Below 20 bucks guys that could kind of afford it. And guys that are like looking to get to that next level. I think it's kind of common for a lot of us, you know, to be sub 20 big blind, especially online with all the tournaments. Right. So it was a very common place. I felt like buy-in. So how, so then, so you're coaching, so that's helping you through your downswing. And then I imagine obviously the downswing turned back or turned itself back around up to an upswing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just continually, <clears throat> you, I know you've worked for a couple different coaching sites. So what happened after, uh, the first, that first site, like how did you branch off into, a, into more after that? So that was 2011 and then they had stopped doing had stopped their business i think 2012 at some point but then i remember at the beginning of 2013 was i somehow got oh i somehow got plugged into through like a skype network i somehow got plugged into somebody from pocket fives and they still had a training site at the time and i and somehow through this guy that got plugged in, I started making training videos for them, which was kind of my next like coaching or training thing that I did with it. Okay. 
And all while you're coaching, you're still playing and grinding and still doing the poker pro thing, right? Yep. Yep. And just like moving, like consistently moving up, or did you just kind of try to stay at one level? Like, like what was what was that like as on the side of coaching? So now you're playing as well. Mm -hmm. Like how how was that going? And was it was the coaching really helping you to get out of that uh, that downswing and and to turn things around? I would say coaching and any of the other uh, income that comes from around poker, like uh, the training videos, the coaching um you know advertisements like whatever you know stuff like that that mm. stuff kind of helps maintain it's almost like playing sit and goes you know like trying to keep yourself afloat a little bit and then right. poker is kind of like where we hope to make the biggest gains right on yeah it makes that makes a little bit of sense yeah. so black friday uh for those that you for that don't know um online poker was legal in the United States, uh, as far as like, and then there was like these big, big poker sites that the whole world could play on. And the, and the prize pools were huge. The player pool was huge. Black Friday comes along. They put this crazy little loophole or, or whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know anything about politics, but they put this little weird rule in this silly, it was the, the Ports Security Act, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I don't remember, but I remember the moment. Right, yeah. There was okay, so there was some act that Congress passed about port security that had to do with giant shipping boats coming from overseas to here. And there was some kind of act to keep keep those safe mm -hmm. or keep the ports I don't know, someone way smarter than me can come can tell you exactly. <laughs> same thing. But somehow inside of that bill, they said, Oh yeah, also online poker we're gonna go ahead and get rid of that and yeah. that, and then that was black friday just it just hit the poker world americans can no longer play online poker yep. devastating to everybody what was what happened to you when that happened because you were in it for a couple what two years yep. hit, being a pro for two years doing your coaching i mean that that must have been such a gut-wrenching just check and i mean i i couldn't even imagine like what that would do what what was that like it was so right before it happened, I had won a tournament for like 5K and I was oh. in the process of cashing it out. Of course so you were. <laughs> my, I had to wait three years. Um, cutting ahead, I had to wait three years to get money back because I cashed out right when Black Friday happened. So if I didn't have documentation to show I did it, I would have lost it because it was in like gray space. Right. So, but I remember waking up that day check my account see if my withdrawal had gone through and the the typical thing that people see is this fbi warning on on the website if you i remember to, like, that i remember that yep it, and and at that point i was like didn't really know what it meant i was like this looks serious because you know you open up <laughs> the fbi of course <laughs> yeah i was like and then so, and then like for me it was like a real slow thing and then honestly for a while I, I like was kind of in a mode of like is this real like okay this will pass soon and nothing's gonna happen and then like i think it was maybe a little after a week or so uh poker stars had given everybody refunds and then that was kind of the point i was like oh so i guess i go back to carbon 
which is what I did. So I didn't panic too much because I was still actually playing on carbon at the, at the time. So I was like, I guess I have to play here now. So I actually, yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I didn't really panic too much because I, I still had, there was still pl places that you could play, but they knocked out the big contenders, the poker stars, the full tilt, the absolute poker and uh, or, uh, ultimate bet. That was Phil Helmuth's site. Do you oh, remember that? Right. Oh, of course. I remember ultimate yeah. bet. Of course. Oh, yeah. 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 That was a fun. That was a fun one, too. But I was a bit. I don't know. I don't know if you remember this one. Poker room. That was actually that was my very, very first site. Real mine too. I I I did I did pretty well on Poker Room. I was actually, I was the last American. There was a a tournament every night called. Uh, there was two of them: the Long Kiss Good Night, <laughs> and the other one was the Midnight Oil. Oh wow! I can't believe you remember those names. I uh, yeah, I'm old school. I'm old school, man. Uh, I was the last American to final table the Long Kiss Good Night. And I think I was the last American to win the Midnight Oil. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Man, it's so kind of like nostalgic thinking about the poker room client and you know, kind of that Hunter Green and the little. I, I don't have it with me, Ray. I had it up here earlier. I'd show you. I still have a coffee mug. Whenever I would win a tournament, I would buy. They had that store on there. You could use your your poker winnings or whatever your poker account oh, to buy things. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, and every time I win a tournament, I'd buy myself a T-shirt or uh, a mug or something like that. And I, I still have my green poker room mug. Nice. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Negreanu used to have a tournament on there, too. Did he? Yeah, he was sponsored. Um, so poker room had skins, and one of the skins was called Full Contact Poker. Mm. And that was uh, Daniel Negreanu's skin. And it was, you know, it was the same client. It was the poker room client. But if you played on his skin, like the tables would have like athletes, like, you know, they had the different people. Yeah. Like, the, you know, it would be the grandma and grandma's seat. It was like a hockey player. Mm -hmm. And so he had like, you know, he was in a, uh, I don't know, he just had his full contact poker and he had a tournament every night. And uh, I got to play with him a few times on there. It was really cool. He was, all, he would always talk to people and it was real, real great about that stuff. So. Nice, nice. That makes sense. I could see that, right? Nostalgic. Oh, wow. Just nostalgia right here. This is, that's funny. What was your name on Poker Room? It was, I'm pretty sure it was Drew Peacock. Okay. Yeah. You remember him? No. That, you might just know the bet on Drew days, right? No, I, uh, well, I remember, I've been watching, I've been uh, a, a follower of yours for a little bit. So I remember along came Molly and Dancing Nancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the table. Along came Polly. Wait, along came no. Molly. Along came Molly. Molly. That's right. That's because yeah. I would make the joke. You would sometimes say, "Oh yeah, I'm on Molly tonight," because you had your different accounts, and I would make the joke, "Oh, Drew's on Molly." Yeah. <laughs> the one guy who would would probably never be on Molly. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. That's funny. Right. And so, I guess we can skip skip around a little bit. Anyone that's listened to my podcast knows I don't have a one track mind i do bounce around a little bit probably Let's not the greatest it. um so now you're in california mm -hmm. yep and you were in north what is it north carolina yep yep did you know uh yeah it doesn't matter so personal ha things happened 
uh, we don't need to get into those. That's fine. But then you moved out to California. What made you move all the way across the country? I mean, so so you were sorry. Let me let me restart. You were saying you were a professional poker for months ago, Ed, and then now you're not, and now you moved to California. What brought you to California from the other side of the country? So uh, my wife and I got separated, and it was. It's you know what it, the whole thing is like negative, but a lot of positive has come from it. You know what I mean? It's kind of all about perspective. You know, bad things happen. We make our choices. It is what it is. So I was in a point where like a like a crossroads in life, right? To to kind of make it easy to understand, I was like in a crossroads, and so many friends have been made through Twitch and just connections and things like that. And one of the, one of my friends saw what I was going through and kind of just threw an idea out there. It was like, Hey, you know, if you need to get away for whatever reason, you know, like I have an opportunity here, you know, it's totally on you. If you need it, you know, I got you in short. It, it was basically like that. This was a Twitch friend. Yep, a Twitch but, friend who had grown much closer. You know, we talked on personal levels and things like that. You no, know, I get that, phone. but that's like, like the first, like you guys initially became friends through the internet on this uh, streaming yeah. streaming platform. Yeah, yeah. Who was this friend? Can you give his uh, screen name or something? Yeah, it's uh, I Speak Donkeys. Oh, I Speak Donkeys. I have a, I, I'm aware of that fella. Yep, yep, yep. He, you definitely see him out on the streets there, poker streets primarily, and PUBG. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a hero on the streets. And if you see him in the streams, he's, like, always supporting people. Uh, so it was really cool, and it came at the right time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah, came at the right awesome. time. Shout out to I Speak Donkanese. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. But by the way, too, uh, just you may already know, but we just got back me him and we met up with some other uh friends out there of course in vegas at the wsop he ended up final tabling the giant event the no limit hold'em event out of nine thousand people he got seventh are you kidding me yeah so wow. well no i'm not but yeah. no i know what you mean yeah wow i didn't nine uh the colossus is that what they call that no the, the giant actually it's oh, called okay. the giant is there not a Colossus or was I think that, they're still doing the Colossus too. I think, yeah. Nine thousand this was real people. This wasn't online. Yeah, no, this is real, real people. It was crazy. Can you imagine just the absolute smell of nine thousand <laughs> poker players. Absolutely disgusting. But poker players are the most disgusting human beings on the planet in in the casino. Man, the casinos crazy. <laughs> casinos. <laughs> It, it was slightly better than that. It was like it was slightly better than that at times. I don't know. But you should see some of the breaks out there during the summer. Right. Like it's just like a, a horde of wildebeest, you know, like going down the halls at the Rio to like to the bathroom. They're rude too, man. Sometimes, of course like they are. It, people are just. You have to experience that atmosphere. You know, there's going to be good and bad everywhere. But if you're into poker and stuff, it's like. You should go out there. Not you, but anybody, you know, No, me. I do need to go. As long as I've been playing, I've never been to Vegas. I need to get out there and just play. I don't care if I go out there and just play 
a couple events or just play some one two. I need to get get my ass out there. I I I do. I need to do that. I, I'm kind of working on that. I have a guy. I have a guy that's gonna. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I got a guy that he he spends a lot of money out there, and he he's from here in Kansas City, and he mm-hmm. goes out there, and uh, there's a dude with a sign that picks him up. Uh, has a like a limo, picks him up and takes him wherever he wants. He gets free room and food, and wow. all like gets the whole the whole nine yards. And he said, "I can go with him whenever I want. All I got to do is play for my plane ticket, which is nothing, like yeah. hundred and twenty bucks or some something like that." So I'll be nice. out there. I'll be getting out there soon. Nice, nice. Yeah. So Donkeys took seventh. That's all out of nine thousand people. Nice, good cash. And a little karma coming through, throwing some love your way, and then he and then he gets that score. I I hope you know what I mean. Even though that's kind of one of those things where, you know, you just in no matter what, I, I was just really happy to see it. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was just. Yeah. it was a super cool moment, and you know deserved however somebody wants to communicate it you know it's just one of those moments in life you just won't forget and super happy it happened you know so what are you doing like he invited so what exactly is it what is that opportunity can you talk about what you were able what why you're out what brought you out there what is what is it that you're doing now so basically it was like the the job was to help work in this uh vape warehouse and manufacturing company okay okay and so for people who don't know vaping is the cigarette alternative and there's a bunch of ways you can do it there's flavors with the smoke you can have controlled nicotines um and so the big thing out here in california because i wasn't fully aware of what the like vape industry or the vape world was like but out here in california it's pretty big and uh, he's a big player out here, you know, well known. He's been in the industry since basically the beginning. But uh, so I'm helping in that warehouse. Uh, they are recently doing some rebranding, some restructuring. So there's a lot going on. And it was just a nice opportunity for me to come in and be like a sixth man in, in a certain sense, you know, to kind of help wherever is necessary, but then it also gives me freedom to still pursue poker and play live and play online. And they're very flexible with my schedule. You know, it's set because I want to still be functional there, but they're very open-minded. It's not like the way I feel like I remember work where it's like very corporate, like there's good and bads with that, but very corporate, like, oh, you do this, you do this, you do this. It's like, right, right. Hey guys, let's figure this out. You know, we're on the same team. Like, what do you think? Like, okay, you need to do this. Like, I got you. You know, it's it, the vibe is, is much different. So that was a big draw because I could still pursue poker. And the, the live scene out here, I used to, in North Carolina, I had to drive seven hours to get to Cherokee. Wow. So, seven hours. You ain't playing live poker if you got a seven-hour drive. Exactly. So that just wasn't happening in North Carolina. I didn't have that option. All I had was online. So out and, and I don't have a car. Like the car that I had was with my wife. So when I drove I drove, by the way, from North Carolina to California, sold, gave away everything that I had. I was wow. just like when I was like at a crossroads, like seriously, I was at a crossroads. I was like, I am for me, like in my health, I, I needed to just cut off what we'll, we'll refer to as like the infected 
arm or something and go. And I did. I sold everything, gave away, like I said, packed everything into a rental and wow. drove four wow. or five days or something like that. Wow. This is like shit you hear <laughs> about like in the movies or read about in a book. Like this is insane, Drew. This is insane. This is awesome. Like, mm -hmm. wow. Like you like seriously, that's the movies. Oh, yeah. I just I just packed it all. I just left it all and just went for it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And, <laughs> and, you know, being like a streamer, I also see the opportunity like, man, I don't know. I, I try to it's it's incredibly difficult, but it just seemed like, wow, that is kind of epic, you know, to think about and to be able to say, oh, I drove from coast to coast and it, with just like a rental and, and, and a, a hope that things would work out. Right. Like right. Yeah, yeah. with the the friend I made over Twitch, who I did talk to and stuff. And, you know, we established trust and all that. It wasn't like a complete stranger or anything, but something inside of maybe this, how does this make sense? Made perfect sense to me. <laughs> and yeah, four days I visited, check this out. The very first night I drove four hours and stayed with Wondell Geek, had chicken adobo with his, him and his family. Nice, nice, that is awesome. Nice. We, we watched um, Poker Pastor on his big screen. And then I left the next morning. And then I drove to uh, Tunica, Mississippi. And saw TSB? Stayed with TSB one wow. night. <laughs> he, he was, so this was cool. And Cha, you know Cha222? I do not. Well, no. he's, he, he's another Twitch guy. But he drove down to Tunica because I, uh, oh, by the way, big thing. After leaving Geeks, I streamed the road trip. Oh, cool. So there's videos of certain segments when I didn't need my GPS because I didn't really have it set up. I would use my phone and I streamed for people so we could capture kind of That's moments awesome. of right. the journey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the and then we did the Tyler night. Both Cha and I met at Tyler's. We played a tournament. He was still dealing. So that was actually really cool when you walk when you walk into the poker room and, you, and you're waiting for TSB. You're about to see him, right? <laughs> And no that, I know. And I, I remember at first I saw Cha and I wasn't sure if he saw me. So I kind of got a little cheeky and I like ducked down behind this um, wall. You know, I was going to like try to sneak up on him. And Tyler caught me because oh, right? no. <laughs> he, he <laughs> caught me doing that because he mentioned it later. But I remember seeing him and stuff and just in his dealer mode and stuff. But then he turns and looks at you like one of the just some the beard just looked perfect and it was like you know the the light the, his eyes and it just on tyler yeah 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 like when he when he, he's oh, that guy's so handsome i want to just <laughs> if, if i wasn't i mean if i was gay that guy would he'd have some real issues with me coming up behind him I'll i know right right <laughs> <laughs> but his hair you know what i mean it was just like the energy you feel when he's in his um in his you know moments it's it's like real you know what i mean and it was really oh, cool that. that's why that's why people love him it's just you can feel you can feel his energy through through the internet it's insane it, he's got this just this sick energy that just gets casted through technology mm -hmm. yeah it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and it's very real so that was an awesome trip him and i and Cha hung out, and then the next day before I left, we got breakfast, right? So that was day one, two, I guess technically uh, two. And then the next day I drove 
to uh, Northern Texas, I forget the city, but uh, Little Dan 1987, another Twitch Twitch guy. Okay. I stayed with him and he took me to Top Golf, my very first experience at Top I've Golf. heard about that. I hear everybody speak raves about that thing. Like what explain Top Golf. Okay. So Top Golf is the best way I can describe it. It's a bowling alley vibe. They have a bar and you go to your 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 lane. Okay. And they'll bring you drinks, food, whatever you want and you compete to on they have like a electronic board and you instead of throwing a bowling ball you hit golf balls like at a driving range okay it's insane it's awesome they keep score based on what type of game you're doing so oh, it cool it ha it carries it across just like a bowling menu and you compete and i streamed that too and it was awesome nice and i am the filipino happy gilmore but anyway we'll talk about that later <laughs> uh but so it was super fun um it was really cool and then at this point now, it's just thinking about this whole thing, leaving and going. The first three stops are people I met on Twitch. Final Destination is another friend made on Twitch. And then the one night I uh, stayed in the far west part of Texas, the night before I actually got to Cali. Is that uh, El Paso or something like that? Or I think so, yeah. And that night I just stayed in a hotel. And it was kind of like the night before I got there. So it was kind of fitting. Right. It was unplanned, but there was like nobody in between there at that time. But the other ones mapped out perfect. So it was weird. And I had this like nice room. I was like, oh my gosh, dude, tomorrow I'm going to be in California. And that's like the destination. Like what? The start of a brand new journey. Yeah. What? You know? Wow. And so, so how long have you been there now? So now I've been here. I coincidentally got here. It was a Sunday. It was April first, Easter, and April, my, and May, June, July, August. What month are we in? July. So, so three, three, three ish, four months almost. Almost four months. How's it going? Good, good man. It's for you know you mentioned it like a movie in a movie sense. This is exactly how you would hope that it would play out, you know, like there's not everything's perfectly smooth and all that, but I, I got dealt a great hand here. It's just kind of how I play it from this point. I think we're at in California. Are you diamond bar? It's east of LA about 20 miles. Okay. Is that, is it not like, is it when you think California or like I, here I am California. Hell yeah. I'm here. Or is it just kind of, yeah, this is California, but this really could be anywhere. Like, what what's your spot like? Well, I'm in a an area that is primarily Asian people here, so it's interesting for me because living on the East Coast where I did all I, rednecks. Yeah, and I was, <laughs> I was always the minority, and now it's like the other way around. Like, if see like. A white person or even a, like a, a black person it's different i don't know it's just weird because all i see is like filipinos and asians really like yeah in, in this area it's 54 percent asian population in, do you in love this. that does it feel awesome to be around that or is it does it feel different like weird like it, it, it feels different because i don't really like care about like what people look like and all that stuff but what's interesting to me is just how 
different people just do different things. So I'm kind of just, you know what I mean? Like watching it all. Like I'm not, it's weird. Are you getting treated a lot differently than you were in North Carolina? No, I wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't say getting, getting treated differently or anything like that. Just um, different cultures just have different things that they do. Like I'm learning, like out here, so Cali differences, like, I don't know if it's just the network that I've been exposed to or the people, but it seems actually, it just seems like a lot of people like handshakes or a thing like on the East coast, there's like some Cali vibes. Like, I don't know, there's some sort of thing that I can't really articulate to people, but like I've given more handshakes and daps and stuff like that. And like, you know what I mean? than I have in like eight years in like four months. Really? Yeah, no. it's everyone, everyone been, just wants to contact skin. Huh? Like, what's up, Big G? The the just the high fives and the fist bump. That's that's interesting. Yeah, well, it, especially it's like if you get exposed to friends of friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's more like, oh, okay, he, you know, he's cool. Like, I, I don't know, like that type of thing. But um, something different, a little more upbeat than where I was at in uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. When I was in North Carolina, it's a little different out here. Oh, wow. I I, it's, uh, I I love seeing people do this. It's uh, And of all the people, I, I don't know, man. It's Like I said, it's one of those things you see in the movie. And to actually see somebody doing this thing and chasing that dream, like that's huge. A lot of people will be so scared. And, and, and the way you are living life, it, it's really weird to a lot of people. Can you see? Like, I love it. I love the way you're doing things. You're like, you're living life the way you want. You're doing, I want to be a professional poker player. Screw this job. I'm doing it. Uh, shit's gotten kind of hectic around here. I need a change. I got an awesome opportunity to go, what is that, 4,000 miles away? 2,800, I think. Okay, what do I know? So 3,000 miles away. That was a good guess. 3,000 miles away. I'll, peace out. I'm gone. Here, I'm California. Here I come. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, the, just the balls. I, I, a, a lot of people don't have that the kind of stones that you have to do something like that. I commend you, man. That's phenomenal. Thank you, buddy. People have said that, and I hadn't... I don't know. For me, I, I guess... And I think maybe it's due to poker, but I've really, after eight years, I, I really have uh, organized my logical, like, you know what I mean? It's it's like, I, I, I kind of didn't, like, once I knew that I just had have to do something, when I know I have to do it, and I have that in my mind, everything else just becomes irrelevant. So I guess the whole... Like having the big ball, big balls. Um, <laughs> it, it's I didn't even need them, you know, because I just knew what I had to do. So, I guess. What kind of kid were you? Like, where did you grow up? I grew up in northeastern. Well, the majority of my childhood was in northeastern Pennsylvania, but my I was born in Yuma, Arizona, just like John Papa Giorgio. Do you know the movie? uh vegas vacation oh baby yes um, yeah baby <laughs> holla at your boy <laughs> so the vodka soda is really kicking in right now so just so you know no i got you know i got some beers right are you drinking well i actually ran out of one do you have a second can i go grab Man, another please one? go grab I, I got a court baby i'll hold this baby down 
All Go right. get yourself a beer. I got hey, this. I'll be right back. Uh, you guys, I am so excited to have this guy is an absolute legend. A lot of you guys that don't know who he is, um, it, just listen to this story. I mean, poker player is all, it, it's just fringe to begin with. And then the fact that he was dealt some, uh, pardon the poker pawn, obviously. I did not mean that. Uh, guys, I'm clever. I come up with shit every now and then, but that's the top of my head. He was dealt a, a very interesting hand in the fact that, hey, here's some adversity. Deal with it. What are you going to do? Here we go. You just got divorced, son. You were with this woman for 10 years. Guess what? Life's throwing you a curveball. You're a poker player, and you're getting divorced. And this guy said, hey, fine with me. I can handle adversity. Watch this. I'm going across the country and I'm going to make shit happen. That's what's up. This guy, I hope you guys are going to, I hope you guys are enjoying this. This is like just invigorating. It's inspiring. I love these stories. I can't wait to see what kind of beer this guy drinks. Uh, also, the other, the other big thing, uh, I, I mean, I shouldn't make a big thing about it because it's not, except for in the poker world. You don't see a ton of people that would consider themselves Christian. Uh, and this guy kind of goes by, like, I don't know if mon moniker is the right word because I am uh, dumb. What would be the right terminology? But he, he calls himself the Christian poker player. And just, uh, just this guy is just... I don't know. He's amazing. He's just amazing. He's his own person and he knows what he wants and he and he's going after it. I think anybody that is out there, especially if there's any young people out there, uh, if there's a dream or a passion that you're afraid to take or afraid to take that step, you got to look at these. Uh, you got the last couple, a few episodes ago, we had TSB on kind of talking about the same thing. And now we got Drew on here talking about the same thing where he's just following it. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, you don't have to get trapped. My last episode with Curtis, same thing. He talks about these traps that society places on us, that you have to go to college. You have to get a degree. You have to get this kind of job. And you have to get a white picket fence and a house and a mortgage and a wife and a square life. You don't have to do that. You can follow your passion. You can do whatever you want. If it doesn't fit the mold, screw that mold. Break from it. And that's what Drew's doing. I mean, look at the way he's doing. It's it's absolutely amazing. I want people to just just listen to this and just if you're thinking about making any kind of major change, don't worry about the the consequences. You have to you have to focus on you. You're on this planet for a very short amount of time. Make the absolute best of it. Be the best person you can and do the things that that you want to do. Chase those dreams. And when life throws you some adversity, Take it. Take take the bull by the horns and, and go across the country. If you want to go to California, go to California. What kind of beer are you drinking, Drew? All righty, sir. We are drinking California oh. Kolsch German-style pale ale. Ballast Point is a phenomenal brewery. That is, They are one of the best breweries in the world. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. They make a – I'm a big IPA drinker. I'm a, I'm a beer snob. Uh, I just got – Someone turned me on to vodka soda with a lime recently. Nice. It's a super refreshing drink. But in my heart of hearts, I am a beer snob. Anybody that knows me 
They know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ballast Point, that their IPA is seriously one of the best IPAs in the world. Uh, nice. So you got it. You get yourself a real good beer there. Nice, nice. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Oh. I, I am a beer fun player. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I uh, I always tell people I am uh, quality over quantity when it comes to beer. I like a really good beer. I don't. I don't like to get drunk. I like a nice two or three beers, and that's about it. So like maybe a nice little even keel buzz. Yeah. I'm being, you know, if I'm being real. Same. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I like I like to enjoy what I drink. I don't want to drink nasty. I don't want to drink something I don't enjoy. I drink because I enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Me too. Where were we? What were we talking about? Um, hmm. I think we were in California and. Yeah, you're. It doesn't matter. You, you were you were actually saying something I that I wanted to say about kind of just going after it, you know, telling people that you don't have to fall into the box and things like that, right? And just like do what society says to do. And I totally agree. I totally totally agree. And I think that can be like it's nice to follow the crowd in certain instances and. And stuff like that but like the power of what our man's telling you here you know I, I it's just huge it's just huge do you get what I mean because you we need to go out of our comfort zone at times like and if we don't we just don't grow that's the fact of the matter and I feel like what helps me get through things is just knowing that the goal one of the goals in life is to like huge goals is just to try to keep growing in whatever you're doing and, and just get a little better and just focusing on that makes everything kind of easier for me anyway. So you have to go outside of your comfort zone to grow. You know, I do know. Um, I know very well. Uh, unfortunately, I think, I think a lot of people don't want to grow. And I think, I think, I think, they get in their comfort zone and people are afraid to change. Right. Like, I mean, that's a big motivate motivating factor to not change is being afraid of change. And I think that's a very big issue that uh, society has just placed on a lot of people is just the fear of change. And yeah, people need to just get outside. You're right. Get, Get outside that comfort box. And if it's just something, it doesn't have to be moving across the country it doesn't have to be starting up a Twitch channel. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't even have to be trying to chase a dream or something monumentous like that. I don't even know if monumentous is a word, but I just I made hope it up. It is a good one, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything monumental. It just has to be baby steps. Um, I've really been so you're you're getting a little intimate and talking about you just had a divorce and divorces it's it's a, it's a hard subject to talk about and to deal with i mean mm-hmm. nobody nobody wants to get divorced obviously right um and uh I've, i i'm fairly recently divorced as well and it does put you in this place of it's um it's a whole nother headspace and it can really it can really make you make some real decisions. And I think you really have to make the best of a really bad situation. 
and I and I see you doing that, and it's really inspiring me. I've been trying to do the same thing, and it's just nice to have a brother to watch from the outside like you to see you struggling but making the best of it. And 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 like as I said in this last episode of of the podcast, doing the damn thing. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, I love, I just, it's really, it's, it's inspiring, man. You, you are, you're one of the reasons I do this podcast. I'm going to be real honest with you, Drew. Um, like I, I've looked up to you for a while and I was hesitant to ask, to even ask you to be on this podcast. Like I've just, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I was nervous, like to Cause to you, to me, you're like a Twitch celebrity. Like you're a some, <laughs> you're a somebody, man. I'm a, I'm honored, man. This is just I appreciate. I just, I love. I I've just wanted to know all about this story. It's so cool because a lot of this started before you were a somebody. I mean, you just look at those times when Black Friday hit and you had uncertainty, but you just said, "Screw it, I'm going to Carbon Poker." You have a downswing. You said, "Screw uh, this opportunity for me to start coaching." Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Like, you're just—you've made incredible. Like, it's when when you have something, quote unquote, bad happen to you, it looks—it's almost from the outside looking like that's what you need. I mean, mm -hmm. look at you. Look what you've done with all of these uncomfortable situations. You're just—you're thriving in it. Like, what do you? What can you put that on? Like, where is this coming from? Like your positivity. When people watch your streams, you are just always happy. You're all, I mean, good vibes. Like your motto in the, in the community that you've built is basically hashtag good vibes. Like you always have, uh, how, how do you do it? Like, seriously, what's your <laughs> secret to always being happy? Cause I get negative as hell sometimes, dude. I'm, I ain't going to lie. I will cuss, throw, it's just it's temper tantrum i'm immature like that sometimes like how do you do it <laughs> you know it's funny and so you know about think bink right i know about think bink can you explain think bink to the to the listeners so think bink is this is just kind of like a brief little um thing but think bink is about just being positive you know, living a positive mindset lifestyle. And this kind of spawned, excuse me, who the beer, um, about three. Chug it, chug it, chug it. I want you to chug three more by the end of the story. I'm just kidding. Uh, about three years in or something that began. But basically me, who I am and who everybody knows me to be through Twitch and at this point. Yeah. No, no, you're good. I'm just off camera for a second. Oh, okay. I thought you were seconding me. But the 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 guy or the person I am today is like like he's like you said is a result of all the things that have happened to me in my life, and I've been fortunate to have had like I, I get to a point where I just. I'm so uneasy if something isn't like right. Like my spirit is just like a restless one. And I struggle for sure with negative thoughts too. But like, I remember I had a moment when I was in my like younger twenties or something where I, I just realized like I had a temper, 
you know, you, people are going to be surprised to hear that, but I had a bad temper. And whenever, you know, when you get close to somebody, they kind of know how to push a button. And I had a, my girlfriend at the time knew how to push that button, especially when I was usually being ignorant or stupid or whatever the case may be. And I set her off unknowingly. Uh, and I just remember there was a time where I just lost my temper. I've never hit anyone, anything like that, but it was just for me. I remember like, I just hated who I was when I was angry and mad. I hated it. I hated it. And I just reached a point where I was like, that's not you. Like, what do you even bring to the table? Like nothing positive comes of that. You know, my this life, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to stop. Go ahead. You. Go ahead. Did this. Like, when did that realization hit? Was it just one? Was there one big fight where you're like, holy cow, how did that just come from? Like, when did that realization happen? I, so I always tell people on stream, right, that like I'm, I, I'm kind of proud of it. I've never broke a mouse or a keyboard in all my years of playing poker, video games, never broke a mouse can or I, a keyboard. <laughs> I got, you? I, can I, is it cool if I interrupt? I'm sorry. Of course, of course. I, uh, so I like poke. I, I, I used to play online. I, I played in the Sunday million on poker stars before black Friday. Mm -hmm. I was running and playing the best poker I ever played. I, there were, we were down to the final three tables. I think I get, uh, I get pocket Queens guy raises, I re-raise, he re-raises, I call. Flop is something like 10-4-3. Uh, he, he bets like half pot. I shoved all in. I was top 10 stack with 30 people left. Mm -hmm. He was top 15 stack. What did you have? I had queens. Okay. Uh, he, he, he raised like half pot. I shoved all in. He called. He had I had queens. He had jacks on like a ten high board. Turn is a jack. Oh my god! All I had I, I was going to make the final table of the Sunday Million. <clears throat> that pretty much busted me. I still made like I think a little over two grand or something like that. Mm -hmm. I got so pissed. I, I was the most. That was my best run ever. That was like you. You were saying earlier. Sometimes you just have to get lucky. Yeah. That was that was my luck. That was gonna be my break. I needed that. I really needed that. That was gonna be. I'm done. I used to lay carpet for a living. Yeah. That was. I'm done laying carpet. This is gonna be my ticket to to be a to be a pro as well. Um, I got so pissed off. I went into my bathroom and I was I live was living on the fifth floor of an apartment. Went into my bathroom, the lid of the toilet seat. I just slammed it up as hard as I could, broke the entire toilet. Water's Whoa. going everywhere from the fifth floor all over the place. I'm like, oh, no, of course. I just had the worst bad beat ever in my life. Lost out on who knows how many. That guy that, that basically busted me ended up taking third. Yeah. And he was a garbage player. And then, so I have to call the maintenance man. It's on a Sunday. And he's he comes in and fixes it immediately. He was like, "So what happened here?" I was like, "Oh, uh, uh, I took a shower and I fell." 
Yeah, what do you want to hear? What do you want to hear? I don't. I had no idea what to tell him. I got pissed off and broke it. So yeah, I've broken more than a keyboard or a mouse. And you've never broken anything like that, huh? I never. That's funny. I never broke anything except this moment that I'm going to tell you about when I kind of realized like how much I hated being angry. Okay. Uh, was I was in a fight, a three-way fight with like my sister and my girlfriend because my sister was living with uh, us at the time. And oh my gosh, it was just all I can remember was it was a stupid fight and I broke some chair, little wooden old chair that we had, right? Um, and I didn't, do, like I said, not over anyone. I just broke it to like express my anger. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. 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 Still, though, after that happened and the heat of the moment cooled down, I remember just kind of reflecting and I was like, I, I never like, you know, I, I've been blessed in the sense that I, I'm pretty selfless you know, by, by nature. And I never like wanted, like when I saw that I was like breaking, I broke a chair. I never wanted to get any closer to touching anyone or hurting anyone or anything like that. Like the thought of that scared me, scared me of me essentially, you know, like that scared me. And I was like, that you had that capability to do something like that, that yeah, inside of you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that was enough motivation for me to be like, I'm just going to, again, another moment where I'm just like, I'm just going to do whatever it takes. Right. And I chose to just like, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not going to let myself get like that. Like, what can I do to not do that? I know that I do not want to be that person. And when that moment hit me, you know, of course I thought of some things. I, whenever that moment comes over me, uh, even if I have tables up, I get a bad beat, whatever, I know that I need to go for a walk. I need to go outside, go for a walk. It's like, it doesn't matter what I'm walking away from. If it's an argument, it doesn't matter because I know if I stay for the argument, I'm going to get closer to that point. I'm going to get pushed to it. You know, so I just v- became very aware of um, the margins I needed for things. And I just, I hit these points, my bankroll management, the point in poker that that hit for me, I was just, I, I'm, I was just like, I hate busting and feeling so empty and not being able to play or wanting to reload. I was like, I hate it. I hate that feeling. And so I guess I'm very driven by like, like that, you know, I don't know how to communicate it. But like when I got to that point where I was like, I hate being angry, I'll do whatever it takes. I don't want to do that, you know, so I focus on nothing but positivity and always just like push myself to that. And I know nothing positive comes of it. You know, my logical mindset, bankroll management too. It's like, I hate busting. I don't care if I have to play a quarter tournament. It's better than playing for nothing. You know what I mean? Like these points hit for me and the only choice to get any sort of peace in my brain is to stop doing the same stupid things that I've done in the past. Do you get what I mean? When did that start, bro? When did that start? That was 2000. Uh, I believe that was 2000 and 2000. And it was actually kind of around the point of Black Friday. Yeah, it was like 2011 or 12. 2011 or 12. How old were you? I was, let's 26, see, I'm 30, 28, 28? 
Yeah, I was. Yeah, twenty-eight. <clears throat> twenty-eight. It took you till twenty-eight, and you realized getting this pissed off. I don't like. This isn't what I want. Mm-hmm. Wow. It took that's, a lot. Man, that's. I mean, uh, for a male, that's mature. I mean, seriously. I mean. <clears throat> I, I still haven't come to that point, I think. I don't think. I don't it's, know. Tough, it's tough to get to. and that's How did you get there? How? Like, you just... I don't like getting this mad. I broke a chair. I don't mm-hmm. like getting this mad. I broke a chair. Well, I'm not, I don't like being capable of this. Where did that come from? I, I think, personally, it comes... Wow. <laughs> I think, personally, it comes from... Like I said, I, I say blessed. I, I think naturally in my spirit, I'm pretty selfless and I, I tend to want to put people before myself. But I think consciously we can put an effort towards becoming more like that. Like I got lucky, right? In a sense, 100%. But it's like, like I said, it, when I broke that chair, I knew that I took a step closer to maybe hurting someone or doing something stupid and messing up my life. You know, like... I just knew it wasn't good. And when I get to that point, I was like, I don't want to do that to anyone. I don't want to do that to myself. Like, I don't want to put myself in a spot where I I go to jail, I get arrested or like, it just, I didn't want to do it. And I know that it brings nothing to anybody else. So I'm sure the people who watch the stream can feel this in the stream. Like, I don't like, hopefully through what I do on the stream, I can help people to get to this point and inspire them. Just like the reason I do the bankroll challenge. Like, look, you can do it. I had an anger. I used to cuss all the time. I, you know, never really did any hard drugs, but you know, I've done Coke and stuff like that. But like, I've done all the partying, blacking out, try to get with as many girls as possible. I've done all that like normal stuff, but I just don't feel like I'm when I'm doing that, it just feels all for me. And I don't like, for lack of a better way to say it in this moment, I don't get off on that. You know, I get off on helping other people. And, you know, that's what I feed on. So my selfish is being unselfish, if that makes sense. That makes me the happiest. And that's the most motivating thing to me. It's not money um, or anything else. It's (laughs) and, and that's kind of silly. And I feel stupid saying that it's not money, being a poker player and stuff. But. Actually, somebody at work asked me the other day, like, what motivates you? Because they were trying to get me to do these, like, something that I wasn't fully comfortable with. And the one guy trying to get to the bottom of it was like, what motivates you? He's like, is it money? And I was like, no, it's not. It's not motivating to me. I don't care how much money I can make doing this. It's not motivating to me. I'm not, like, happy. And I know if I'm not being my best version of me, which involves being focusing on positivity, good vibes, all that. If I'm not the best version of me, I can't bring anything to the table for anyone else. You know? Man. <laughs> so when I, I moved, uh... so when I moved from North Carolina to California, I had to get better or I can't help anyone else. Makes my decision super easy. You know what I'm saying? I feel like uh <laughs> I feel like a complete failure sitting here talking to you. You're just I, I would think, I would think, I would want to get. I was thinking, I was like, yeah, I'd like to get poker lessons from this guy. I don't want poker. Le- I want life lessons. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, don't laugh at that, dude. I'm serious. Like seriously, 
you're a really good dude, man. Like you're just a good man. How? I, I wish I knew how to be a good man. I'm just, wow. You're, inc you're, I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it's something you're built with. I mean, you've had to work towards this. Can I, is there hope out there for a guy like me? There's hope out there for everybody. <laughs> I personally, I personally will b believe in everybody out there. Okay. I think anyone can do it. And just like poker, a lot of like pros will say, um, Poker is 80% mental, 20% uh, skill. I think life is kind of the same. I, I draw a lot of connections between poker and life. So it's helped me organize my thoughts on life and how to approach the game. Because for me, the way my brain works, I kind of treat life like a video game. Like, you know, that you have to like, like an RPG. Yeah. <laughs> it, or even like a, I think of sometimes Double Dragon. Okay, I think of the old school. Are you kidding? You're going old school. Old yeah. school. Hey, you see the, you <laughs> I, see the Nintendo. Uh, look at this. I got a Ninja Turtle t-shirt on with he's Michelangelo. Got a, he's got a, it, not only is that a Ninja Turtles out, that's an 80s Ninja Turtles. It is. Late 80s. Yeah. The yeah. OGs. The OGs. Sorry. Uh, go on. That's okay. But um, I think of life, I organize it in my mind as a video game. So it's kind of like when we talk about like negative things that happen to you, bad things, why me, all that stuff. It's the game would be boring if that stuff didn't happen. Like, think about Double Dragon, where there's no bad guys trying to um, punch there's you. No, and no you. boss battle at the end. There's no boss. There's, there's no, no bridge. There's no the, tricky bridge you have to jump over. Think about that game. Who wants to play that? No one. No yeah. one wants to play that game. But when you're inside of it, it kind of sucks, right? But the fact of the matter is, it's just part of a game in a certain sense. The game of life. So Double you can... Dragon. Exactly. You can piss and moan when something bad happens to you, or you can think about a way to get past that hole that you need to jump over on level two, three, and get to the damn place you're going. <laughs> you know, it's like, how do you want to look you at it? You gotta be kidding me. You know? <laughs> I <like> cannot believe. <laughs> Hold on for a minute, Drew. Oh, give me a minute. I'm laughing so hard. I cannot believe your inspiration and the way you live your life is looking for <laughs> Double Dragon from Nintendo. <laughs> wow. One of the most interesting, inspiring people I've ever had the pleasure to talk to lives his life according to double dragon not even not, not i'm gonna be honest with you i understand that reference there's a lot of people that don't understand that reference wow yeah i've got other references too no i i get it but i love <laughs> it i love that look drew you're just amazing have you done any podcasts before um I did one with Corey when Corey was doing the uh, Corey's my friend, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Corey uh, Walland. Um, but we did uh, when he was doing blunt sessions, you know, talking about poker and life. He, he has it on um, iTunes. Is that an, was that years ago? Yeah. 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 He hasn't, he hasn't worked on it too much since. But yeah, I think I remember that. That was mm -hmm. a long time ago. I, th I think I remember that. I'm, I'm a podcast junkie. I can. I've listened to all kinds of podcasts. Yeah. So that's, wow. I've done one other one, but I love the, I love the format. I love 
I was excited to get on with you today because every time I watched your stream that and I've even told you and it wasn't just like chat hype, you know, like when I feel like the energy of a moment, like uh, like your, your energy. I've, I've even spoken to Tyler about it and other people. And it's like you and that's why I even followed up with you when you disappeared, because I know when if you're like pure enough the way i'll say this like pure enough to yourself and all about the good vibes it makes it much easier for you to really understand other people's vibes do you get what i'm saying and like absolutely I, and i could totally and a lot of other people can like feel your energy so when you disappeared it's like you know something's going on but this dude like there's something there so it's like um i was really excited to see you back with the podcast and everything and i've always liked your energy so this I was excited for. Wow. You know? Wow, man. Dude, thanks. I'm I'm grinning from ear to ear. That's that yeah, you have been I mean, there's, a, there's just a couple people that have been like I feel the realness there. Uh mm. Tyler was one of yep. them. Uh you for sure. Like, yeah, that that touches me, man. I I've always appreciated you, man. That's Man, that hits me. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean it. I mean it. Yeah, I know you do. That's why. That's why it touches me. I know you're not BSing me. I know the kind of guy you are, and that just that means a lot. So I really appreciate that. This is, yeah. And here we are, man. Two two single guys. Twenty eighteen. Two, two single dudes. I wish. Uh, I wish you lived closer, man. I'd be. Uh, I know, right? You'd be. You'd be teaching me how to be a beer snob, maybe. Right? I would, and you could teach me uh, how to get my poker game down a little bit. <laughs> um. Wow. Uh, so we haven't even really touched on. Do you? Am I taking too much of your time? Do you no. need to get off? Not at all. I honestly feel like we've been talking for like fifteen minutes. It feels like yeah. I have no idea how long. It feels like nothing. 